Hey, welcome to the Smart, Fabulous and Single podcast. I'm your host, Trisha Ann. Today, I'm speaking with our expert about this week's topic. It's practical, it hits all the hard places and offers tips and solutions to help us move to the next level. So stick around for today's episode. And if you have any questions for our expert, email me at pod at sfswoman.com. Welcome back to Smart, Fabulous and Single. I am your host, Trisha Ann. Listen, in this episode, we are continuing the discussion on breakups, separation and divorce with my expert, Elder Percival Palmer. Elder Palmer is a pastor, counselor, marriage officer. He's been married for 26 years, has three children, and he's seen a whole lot in his own marriage, of course, and in in the relationships, engagements, and premarital counseling, and marriage of others that he has worked with. Last week, he highlighted some of the red flags that we can look out for even before we get into marriage, and um, some of the things that would cause him to, you know, say perhaps a couple should not get married one of the things that stood out for me last time was the matter of not having discussions around expectations and you know the roles in particular that people expect you to play and expect to play as well in a relationship and of course and of course the fact that we sometimes um focus on on the weaknesses instead of celebrating the strengths of an individual so today we're going to hear more from Pastor Percival, Pastor Percy as we call him at my church, Fellowship Tabernacle. We're going to hear some more from him about what would lead to the red flags and misunderstandings in a relationship that would really lead to breakups, separation, and of course, a divorce. Stay tuned and listen to the full episode. I want to touch on communication. Um um red flag i do that as one of the things in the premarital counseling i i say to them you have to learn to communicate with each other you have to develop your communication patterns in your relationship you have to understand each other because you are different you have to accept the differences and you have to work with it but you have to set aside the time to communicate with, with each other so you're growing. And with the communication, one of the things that I also do is to speak about the love languages, the Gary Chapman love languages, that's important. Um, one of the things that leads to break up, leads to misunderstanding, which is what causes a lot of couples to break up, is that they do not understand what is the primary and the secondary love language of their partner. Early out, you establish that. So you know what gets you going, what, what makes the other person understand that you love them. In the Ephesians passage that we, we work with, it speaks again of roles and understanding. Man must love him wife, even as Christ of the church. Woman must be submitted um, to her husband. She must treat him with respect. And it is not something that pushes down people because I think a lot of couples miss it. 
and I have to remind them that if you are both believers in the relationship, remember Ephesians 5.21 speaks to the fact that you are both joined here. Let me read it for you, Trish. It says, verse 20, Ephesians 5.20, um, giving thanks always for all things to God the Father in the name of submitting to one another in the fear of God. So God is important in the relationship because there is neither male nor female in God. They are submitted to one another. But how are they? Because they are in reverence to God. Remember, I started with the fact that it is important in relationship that they understand who God is, that they have their individual relationship. So if they are having challenges, they go back to what, what does the word of God say about this? That's the final arbitrage. A lot of things too, in relationship that helps, you must have people who you are accountable to. You know, as a couple, you have to, be, you have, to have accountable. When the lady meets the man, ask, ask, the first question she must ask him, who are you accountable to, boss? Who are you accountable to? That if she's having problems, she can go and say, um, so and so, or even without problems, because if a man in a relationship, if a man is not accountable to anybody, that is a danger sign. That's a red flag. The same thing for the woman. If they are not accountable, somebody external can't speak to them and they can respect the person enough. You know what I'm saying? That is another red flag. And I found that in relationships, another one, and this is another couple, what happened? So I counseled them. One was a Christian, one was that Christian. But she said, I love him, I love him very, very much. I said, really? But go through and I said, you know, that's going to be a problem. And I said to them, I don't, I think you know, shouldn't get married. But anyway, it's up to you. You know, they got married. They got married. And I'm saying they got married like in the March or the thing. I hear them at a, at a camp and books, they call me. They're almost trying to kill each other off. So they needed to see me urgently. I spoke to them and I said, what happened now? It was that somebody that one of them had a previous relationship with, they spoke about it and the other person took offense. God is, how could you do that? Because it was both of them friends. And they went on and on and I said, but you're really not being fair to each other, you know, because remember that relationship had stopped and you guys had started. So how does this get into the relationship? No. But you see, the male in the relationship never had anybody he could talk to. Whereas a female could speak to and they could bring in a referee. Because remember, one was Christian and was new and wasn't in there. Was God-fearing, but the word of God was not his, <laughs> his final thing. And his final arbitrary. So... I do anything I want because I'm my own person. So again, that's another red flag. Because if two are not agreed, how can they walk together? And again, the word of God speaks to being unequally yoked. And I'm not just talking about Christian and non-Christian. There are Christians who can be unequally yoked, you know, which shows another spoke. Because they don't have the same values. They are not at the same place. So even though they're both Christians, it, it now work out because one is more mature, one see God in a different way. Even in a thing in terms of shared values, like what do we do with our money? 
one believe in tithing, one don't believe in tithing. You know what you know what I'm talking about. So that is why another thing that comes out in terms of rose in marriage is terms of what are our shared values. And if you don't have shared values like what you think about God, what you think about family, what you think about friends, those are red flags that you say to couples, hold on. If this is crucial, if this is a non-negotiable thing for that individual, you're going to have problems. You're, you're, you're referring here now, Pastor Percy, to when you say shared values, um, and you, I think the tithing was a very good example, where you said, I, and I think of my previous marriage where I wanted to tithe, but he didn't want to tithe. And that was a serious problem for me. But you're talking about things also like, I want children and he doesn't, or vice versa. Right, or, or what children want, or yeah, right, or I believe we should spank the little bottom, but he says we shouldn't spank, or yeah, yeah, because it's a, how do we do parenting, you know, because again, that is dependent on how people are socialized. All right, so red flags, you want to bring up what are some of the red flags that I have spoken about? We've spoken about expectations, um, we've spoken about. Um, people being whole, not using marriage to become a whole person. Um, we've spoken about values. We've spoken about roles in marriage. Um, we spoke about communication. And just to add, the whole thing of love languages by Gary Chapman is crucial. It has led to breakup. Like if uh, a case um, in point was um, these people have been married for years. The gentleman was an entrepreneurial person and she was a stay-at-home mom. And um, he did everything in his power because his love language was action. Love language is action. And her thing was quality time. So he's out there doing anything. They go on vacation every year with the children. They have a house. And so the children grow up now after college. And then one day she gets up and says, oh, I'm divorcing you and i'm going but i don't understand why are you divorced she says well you don't love me this is after about 20 years of marriage you know lady comes to the conclusion and say you don't love me and i said but everything you want to get we do vacations every year i take time for that um i take care of home money's not a problem she said you don't love me you know what the problem was his love language was action not words of affirmation not physical touch or um, giving off gifts. So his primary love language was I, I serve you so I make sure everything team work hard and but her love language was quality time. With all of that, she just wanted to him to spend some time with her. And this was so sad. No amount of counseling because she's figured that couldn't work out her emotional love tank was empty because he there's something that you call the emotional love tank that you you fill up. You fill up. By, by, by loving the person the way that they understand love, all right? So each one of us have an emotional love tank. Emotional love tank is like you have a bank account. You had debits or credits. You speak to the individual in their own love language. So you, you're topping it up. 
filling it up to overflow. So if you do something that you hurt the person, that's a debit. All right. So the five love languages, according to Gary Chapman, are acts of service, words of affirmation, physical touch, quality time, giving of gifts. In the thing that I related, the lady's love language was quality time. The gentleman's love language, primary love language, because you can have a primary and a secondary. His primary love language was acts of service. So he was ministering to his wife by giving the things, all of the things that she needed. But her love, emotional love tank was empty. So she says, I'm out of here. I don't have to stay because the children are big enough. You've been doing all of that, so I'm out of here. And he was devastated. Because he, he thought he was doing what was right. But the truth was that um, he was not meeting her primary love language, which was quality time. Um, and that is crucial. And so even the couples, I give them a question, ask them to go online to Gary Chapman's site and say, just do it. And you'll see what it is because there's a questionnaire that allows you to determine. And when you know that, it solves a lot of the problems that people have um, in terms of breakup because it helps in terms of the communication that happens and it helps in terms of the relationship. And I often jokingly say in our relationship, some of the times, Hans, you just need to tell me. As you know, sometimes the men are very daft. They, they, they could say it's right in front of you, but it's not really in front <laughs> of you. And, and the way our, our brain works, we just speak it. So I said to, I'm joking, I said to my wife some of the times, you know, I don't think we have reached the point where we can do telepathy. That's in an age to come, but probably if I get a word of wisdom or, a, or something, a knowledge, word of knowledge, I'll do it, but it doesn't happen. I remember one of the things I learned that early um, because that's why I'm saying the counseling helps us. Um, we were both working, come on together. I'd go plop in front of the TV and my wife would go to prepare me. That's before we had any children. And I'd go and telling her how I love her and chips and kissing her. And one day she looked at me and said, oh, you don't love me. So what you mean? But I tell you, she said, mm -mm. if you love me, you'd come in the kitchen and help me to cook. Because I, when, when I met her, I was able to cook because that would indicate to her because our love language is acts of service. So I indicate to her how I love her by the way that I serve her. If you are in a relationship, and this is some of the time breakup happens, if you say you love the other person, you must be willing to change. Because love is a flexible thing. Love is adaptable. And, and some of the times, some things cause couples to break up. And they say, it's really that. But the person strong in them thing, and they're not willing to change their action. But if you love, you become flexible because you have to ask yourself, um, do I love the person enough to change? Because one of the other things that happens, and I think more on the lady's side, they see this gentleman, they have most of the things. But if you have the other thing, she say, watch my name. He becomes a project, which is a wrong attitude to have. Because if I feel that I'm a project to you, I am going to be offended. I'm going to become resentful. And after a time, I'm just going to lock down. 
So ladies, don't think of the gentleman as a project. Communicate, talk to him, but if he loves you enough, he will change because you can't change a person. Only God can change him and, people, and God changes person when they are open to change. So we've talked about red flags and I've gone into some of the things that have caused breakup. Suppose I was to say to you, um, Trish, that I've counseled couples that there's been infidelity in the relationship and people said, me, that not, no. Guess what? They're still together and they've come back stronger. Why? The whole oh. thing of love languages. Mm. So if the person who's affected their emotional love tank is full, that is a major debit, you know. But the fact is, the gentleman, because most of the times it's the gentleman who would have it, and he's really sorry. Lady looked at it and said, but this person loves me, and he's been doing all of these things. I understood our love language. He, he has made a major withdrawal, you know, but he's not really rock bottom. And they come together, they are counseled, they move forward because they've decided that they love each other. And the years that has happened, is not enough to pull them apart. The relationship might have changed, but they are still together. And in some ways, it becomes even better because they are, have not taken each, it may have taken a person for granted or the person says, no, we need to do this for us, but also for the children. Well, you know, Pastor Percy, it's interesting to me that you say that because I am a believer that when in scripture it says that Jesus didn't want divorce, but it was because of the hardness of the heart that right. he said, okay, go ahead. People yeah. believe that it's because of infidelity, but it's not. It's the hardness no. of the heart. So yeah. the person who is willing to try after the fact, even when he has um, you know, cheated on his wife or she has been the one to receive the betrayal, the fact mm. that each of them are, you know, is willing to try means that the heart isn't hardened mm -hmm. and there is space for us to try. But we are, culture has told us that once somebody cheats, then that is the worst betrayal. We must end the relationship. But that's not what Jesus thinks. And that's a very important point because you remember, you know, Jesus says, it is not my will for divorce but because of the hardness of people. And even too, in other circumstances and situations, it's no, there's no infidelity, you know. It's just that people become hard towards each other. They become offended. They become um, unforgiving. And you know that unforgiveness and bitterness harden your heart. That is why he encourages us that we must keep clean accounts we must communicate even though it a burn you let the sun not go down with both of you angry at each other let not the sun go down on your wrath so that's a very crucial point because that's something that i've discovered in a lot of counseling is people's heart harden and people's heart become hardened Again, because of unmet expectations. Unmet expectation is like something has died. Um, I remember I was talking to us, another counselor, and he says, 
um, we only think of people grieving because somebody dead. But if a dream has died for you, you are grieving. So a lot of couples are there in the relationship. They are grieving. Person don't know because some expectation has not been met. They are grieving. And if you're grieving, I don't process it properly. What happens to you? You become cold. You become hard. You begin to think that this person don't care about you. When if you were to open up and say, honey, this was my expectation. And then some of the times to accept the fact that really the person not going to fulfill that expectation and move on in regards to another phase. Um, Pastor Percy, here's another interesting thing that you brought up because some people are of the view that um, marriage and, and, and spouse should meet my expectation at all times. Some people are of the view that if there are 10 things that I want and you are not willing to give me eight out of them, then this marriage is a failure. You know, if you're only able to give me five, then I might as well leave the marriage. What is, is your that really true? But that, that's the question I'm asking now. What is the yeah. reality? Yeah, okay. I guess what has happened to us is that culture has affected the way that we think. And our way, the way that we are responding is not biblical in terms of forgiveness. Like, okay, I was with a couple recently. One is a Christian. I'm not sure about the gentleman. And I said to her, all right, okay, you are the Christian. And in Peter, it speaks about, let me just go into Peter. It speaks about how you respond, how the woman is to respond. And the male too, you know, because we think it is a one-sided thing. Um, how we are we're supposed to respond in regards to, so it's First Peter 3. It speaks about um, wives being submissive to their husband, even if they do not obey the word. That is a husband. They would alter maybe one by the conduct of their life, meaning the way that the person is living their lives. Um, let not, rather let it be the hidden person of the heart. Again, the city of hardening your heart. So our heart condition, the word of God says that out of the very issues, issues come out of the heart. That is why, again, it says that we must guard our hearts. And it is important. So that's why Jesus, you see, it's coming, it's connecting back. You get divorced. That's not my original intention, but because of the hardness of your heart. The hardness of your heart speaks to issues of your heart about forgiveness, or you treat other person, or you deal with them. So I said to her, how much time do Lord say you must forgive the person? It's actually something I spoke to the lady. She said, 70 times 7. I says, Jesus says, so much that, 490. I says, does it become very tiring for you? You're going to keep record of all of the things that has done. That's why Jesus says 70 times 7. So if, in one day, then you have a new record for start the other day. And he says, you must forgive. You must forgive. A lot of people break up. A lot of marriages are destroyed. Because one, as I said, there's unmet expectations, which leads to resentment, which leads into 
unforgiveness, which leads to bitterness. And then so you're far, you're so far gone down the road that you don't even know um, what has happened. And truth is, if you're a believer, you have to live the word. The word needs to be what guides your life. Again, to my beautiful wife, she says to me, <laughs> and people have heard her say it in church all the time. So this is our common saying is, I am going to obey what the word says, even, even if it kill me. I'm saying, honey, she said, because my first thing is to God. That again is where I pointed out to the fact that the Ephesian passage speaks about be submitted to one another out of fear of God. If Christ becomes the foundation of what happens, it helps you in terms of dealing with the situation. Again, I knew of another situation. And we, we prayed and the lady just decided and says, you know, I'm going to stick in this even though my husband is doing all of these things. And we knew because we saw it. And she stuck with it, you know. And what happened because the Lord had given her a word in terms of her husband. Her husband was saved. God brought about reconciliation in that situation. So my conduct as a husband is important because it's a framework. But in return, the lady's response, in terms of how she responds to it, must be in a godly way. So you don't bring reproach. I'm not saying that if the relationship becomes abusive, that you must stay in it. I'm never advocating that. I do not advocate that. But there comes a point out of your work where God will say to you, I made way that you come out to come back in or leave because it, it's not going to be reconciled at all. And, and I think that is the part that is important yes. that we uh, that we even in an abusive relationship we mm -hmm. can separate ourselves mm -hmm. and seek the Lord to 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 get the release and mm -hmm. but no I am not saying that people should stay in it I'm saying get counsel get, get counsel separate find a safe place separate yes, if right. you have to get counseling yeah. and so on. There is emotional abuse and there is physical abuse. Right. A lot of times the emotional abuse is even worse. Worse than, than the physical, physical abuse. Yes. abuse, right. Yeah. Yes. So, so, so you need to, and, and remember, you see this thing about being whole, of, mm -hmm. about being whole as a person, of, of knowing who you are and who you are in God and so on. It helps, you know. And so for, for the people who are considering it, I say to the young ladies to, the, the single woman, make sure that you're whole, that, you, that getting married is not a, when I get married, all it's going to fix. Fix up yourself. Enjoy yourself in the Lord. Become the best that you can be. So when you get married, it is two whole persons who are moving on in terms of purpose and fulfilling destiny. Because every person, every woman, every man, have a purpose and a destiny to fulfill. And so even in terms of getting married, you have to make sure that the, the purposes are lining up that you can walk into a fulfilled destiny. In the, the Peter passage, we spoke about how the woman should respond, but it, 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 the, the thing is, and I said to the, the males, the burden is even greater on you as a male in the relationship. You are called to be servant. You are called to prefer the woman above yourself. See what it says? First Peter 3, 7. Husband likewise dwell with them. That's your wife. With understanding, 
giving honor to the wife as to the weaker vessels being heirs together of the grace of life that your prayers may be not be may not be hindered. My wife jokingly saying, you be watch yourself, you know, because you going on like you can go on. Remember, say if you know, be yourself, your prayers may not be answered. That's a crucial thing because you set the framework, you set it up, deal with the person based on understanding. Thank you for listening to Smart, Fabulous and Single. If you loved it, please download, subscribe, rate and share it. Then head over to our website at www.sfswoman.com to access show notes and other fantastic bonus content and resources and to sign up as a guest. You can also sign up to continue the conversation in our Facebook group. If you want to share topic ideas, email me at pod at sfswoman.com. Okay, so thanks again and don't forget to join me for new episodes Mondays to Fridays. You can also connect with me on FB and IG at smart, fabulous, and single. And remember, what you have on the inside of you is far greater than your circumstances, weaknesses, and fears. So you already have everything you need to live life successfully. Mm-hmm.